Hey guys, it's Beth Blacklock here and this is Final Hello and welcome back to the Final Whistle, brought to you by the Rugby Connection podcast. Well, we're continuing the theme, rolling with the success from the TikTok Six Nations. We're back in my home country. We're with the Stoop this time. Fresh face in the Scotland camp. She's been tearing it up all season. She's going to get more caps, definitely. It's Beth Blacklock. Beth, thank you so much for coming on. How are you getting on? Hi, no worries. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, doing well. Back now at the Stoop, uh, as you say. Yeah, getting on with the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, before we get into it, congratulations on getting your Scotland cap in the Six Nations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it was quite surreal. Good. And I guarantee there is more to come. Just from how I've seen you play when you were at the Sharks to Quinns and obviously coming off the bench for Scotland in the campaign as well. So. Thanks. Yeah, keep working for it. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. First question. We ask all our guests this, just to get the ball rolling a little bit. Okay. What actually got you into rugby in the first place? Um, gosh, so I actually, I played with the minis when I was about eight years old because my dad absolutely loves rugby. Um, my brothers, all my cousins all played it. Um, and I, I made the stupid decision when I was 10 years old that football was the better sport. <laughs> So uh, I went away from it. I know, I know. There's a lot of judgment in my family as well. Um, (laughs) I think I just really wanted to make sure that I could prove my dad wrong. Because he always said rugby was the sport, rugby was the sport. I was like, no. Um, But annoyingly, when I got to university and I tried out for the uni team, my dad got the chance to say, I told you so. (laughs) Because, yeah, I just, I absolutely loved it and got into rugby at university. Yeah, so. Nice. I mean, your, your dad was definitely right. Like, rugby is better, 100%. I know, I know. But you just try and not tell them that, don't you? <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> My dad was like, you you should play rugby. And I was like, yeah, okay. And I'll, I kind of got into it. But, like, age grades, you're not allowed to tackle, like, for yeah. minis. So I'm watching it on TV, big, massive hits. I'm like, yep, yeah, sign me up, get there. And it was touch. I was like, this is boring. It was, Missing the fun part. Yeah, what's the point in this? Because yeah. I, was, I wasn't like the skinniest, most agile kid either. Mm-hmm. I needed contact because I could just run and oh, touch. Oh, yay. Fun. That's the but, part that takes us away from it, isn't it? Yeah. The contact's the hard part, so that's where you need the mentality. That's the fun part. Might as well play football, hey? <laughs> I, I tried football, but there was too many injuries and all that. And... Real injuries or the diving injuries that we see? Mostly diving, but one real injury. <laughs> my friends, Paul. So I never played football until I was like with my friends. And my friend always said, when you've got the ball, keep your eye on the ball. Now I took right. that literally and ran full pelt right into a tree. And I don't know if you can see it, but like there's less hair on this eyebrow than there is that <laughs> Like I've about- never heard of someone getting a bigger injury from football than rugby. <laughs> I've heard some big rugby injuries as well, but yeah, the big one was like uh, I was all I was all swollen for like a month and a half. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Impressive, impressive. <laughs> Mind the ball though, the ball control was there. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a follow-up question, kind of to the first one. It's from my co-host Anya. She's asked, "Who inspired you?" to play rugby oh who inspired me 
Um, I guess different people in my life would have a different answer to that. Um, I think my dad would probably like to take a little credit from that. Um, in terms of like day to day, I think definitely having the conversations with my dad, that's definitely here inspires me to go on because I can see like how passionate he is about it and how passionate he is about me playing it. Um, yeah. And I absolutely love that. But I think who inspired me to actually like go for it was, <laughs> it's actually, it's a funny story. One of, um, there was a girl who I swam with when I was from like eight until 16. So my mum was a big swimmer. Okay. So I swam when I was younger. And um, when I first got to university, um, I bumped into her. So she went to Durham as well. I bumped into her on the way to cricket training. And this is this was actually how I got started. So she she grabbed my arm. She went, Beth, I didn't know you were to Durham. You're coming with me. Dragged me to this taster day. <laughs> and um, I guess from then onwards, she kind of just took me under her wing for that for that year and made sure I stayed and enjoyed it whilst I was there. And of course, from that point onwards, it's it's your friends, isn't it? And that's that's one of the great things with rugby. It's the community. So it wasn't necessarily a role model, um, although, I mean, Catherine can take it that she's my role model. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of just those people around you and turning up to training to spend your time with them. And then I guess the the talent or the ability in terms of the rugby part came alongside that that's good that's luckily <laughs> I mean, you've you've just done like all the sports so far football swimming cricket rugby any, any yeah. other sport <laughs> yeah i'll start dropping in all the different ones um <laughs> we'll have, a, we'll have a sports counter in the, in the corner there just try every <laughs> yeah, <time>. exactly <laughs> love a little list <laughs> of what i've done talk to us about your move to Quince because obviously you were at, mm -hmm. you stayed at Durham you played for the as a DMP Sharks I believe the name is yeah and then you got the, the move to Quince this season so how's that all came about and why Quince? yeah so um yeah when I was at Durham the closest team was DMP um so that was the first prem team that I played for who I stayed with whilst I played at Durham and so I ended up staying on at Durham to do my master's um so continued with DMP but when I finished up I guess at that point I was open to to move anywhere slash at least further further down south so I got a job in London so then I started looking at different London clubs and I'd been in communications a bit with Saracens um, and with Harlequins and I've I went and saw the club and I just I there and then on the day just decided that was the club I was going to go to because they just they seemed like a very big community club um they pushed a lot for the men the women and the youth and in terms of around their areas and having all of those different community days and pushing the the person rather than the player um so I guess that from that point when I was looking to move I was looking at which club could I see being my club um and so Harlequins really sold it to me. And yeah, so I moved there. This is my second season. Um, and I've yeah, it's, it's a brilliant club. So stayed here oh. since. Yeah. <laughs> now, your job, you're a data engineer, aren't you? Yes. Now, for those that don't know, that's including me, what does that entail? <laughs> work, is it, I believe you work for Jaguar and Land Rover or did work um, for them? So Jaguar... And Land Rover are now one company, so it's Jaguar Land Rover. Um, so I went through a company called Kubrick, which I went through a data product stream, which meant that I went, 
I underwent five months of training around coding, business management, stakeholder engagement, basically working to be able to be a, a data engineer like as a consultant. So it was kind of that bridge between the, the people who create things and the business who need to understand things. So I was kind of that middle gap. So I understood how to do the coding, how to do the creating, but day to day, I don't necessarily create anything myself. So um, I, I did that for five months and I'm now working at Jaguar Land Rover as a consultant. And um, yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm basically transforming data at the moment. So okay. it's yeah. some fun coding and occasional talking to, to stakeholders who are all within the company um, and just looking after that, that data side of things. That's quite cool. Oh, I like that. That's pretty that's oh, Thank you. <laughs> A lot of people tune out when I start talking about that. <laughs> I find it very interesting because especially the way, obviously right now the girls have just got professional contracts. Mm -hmm. so all of you still have like, your jobs before the pro contracts have came in or yeah. if you're very lucky like yourself can do it side by side yeah so I got, I got very lucky with Jaguar Land Rover because because I started rugby so late I already had those career side ambitions yeah. that weren't anything to do with sport um so I always looked for that when it was post-university and and luckily got my foot in the door with Jaguar Land Rover so to the point where I am at now they're now willing to change my contracts so that I can work fewer days, but still stay on my contract and be able to do work and do rugby, um, which is fantastic. And I'm very lucky that I can have that. And thankfully, Jaguar Land Rover, you know, sponsoring both the men's and the women's World Cup. So very big fans of rugby. <laughs> so it works for me. <laughs> can, I get a free, can I get a free Jaguar or Land Rover? <laughs> I can definitely suggest it, but I'm not promising anything. <laughs> just, just see what you can do. That's all good. <laughs> you said they like rugby again, that they can invest in a rugby podcast. There you go. I'm true, very true. If you write the proposal, we'll hand it over. <laughs> oh, I'm not good at presentation. We'll, we'll figure it out. There's four of us on the team. Somebody it's can figure it out. for a Jaguar, right? <laughs> Even better for a Land Rover because we could put all the stuff in the back. There you go. I'm just saying, if you're if they're listening, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> going, going back to the pitch about your Six Nations experience, because it was your mm -hmm. first experience in an in international camp. You got your cap coming off the bench against England. Yeah. Obviously, like people are going to hear your accent, but you have got an English accent. I have How an accent. <laughs> I, I don't know. You probably Sorry, think I've got the accent, so. <laughs> But how how did that feel? Was it? Um, it was. You know, it was it was an incredible day. It was an incredible experience. Um, obviously playing, um, at Kingston Park with the sold out crowd. It was it was absolutely phenomenal, and it's it's one of the great things about rugby in terms of the community around it. Everybody just loves good rugby, and so you know everyone was there, supporting England and Scotland, supporting the women's game, and it was just. It was an incredible day. Um, and to have my first cap, I do you know what? I think any day, any game, anywhere would have just been incredible. Um, but to play in front of such a big crowd. Um, and as you say, to be able to come on when we can bring some energy on and things like that, it was just, it was, I, I honestly couldn't sleep 
the whole night I just came off with such a buzz and I don't think my heart rate slowed until a good 5 a.m <laughs> and I think that was purely just because my body was just out of any fuel <laughs> well well deserved who who was the most welcoming when you got into camp the most welcoming when I got into camp um Lisa Coburn was was fantastic when I came to my first camp in the pre-six nation camps she was my first roommate um but I also played with her at DMP so oh. she was absolutely brilliant when I first got there made sure that I wasn't late anywhere made sure I, was, <laughs> I knew what was going on I knew how to talk to the physios and just at any point where there was any lunch any free time or anything always came and grabbed my arm make sure that I wasn't on my own <laughs> but yeah, I think it was you know everyone everybody was really great when I got there um I think it was one of the first teams to be perfectly honest with you where every single member of the team came and shook my hand and introduced themselves like yeah. it was it was just so welcoming so straight away I remember sending Jade so Jade Conkles obviously she's at Quinn so I knew her going in she wasn't at the first camp and I yeah. remember sending her a text and just saying do you know what I could see myself being so passionate about this group of girls just because everybody was just so welcoming it was already so much like a family and I'd been there three days you know <laughs> it was it was brilliant and I think from that point onwards I just I knew I was in the right place and I just you, you then think about how everybody always says a professional career in sport is so hard mentally and things and I was just thinking you know what well, my next 10 years is going to be so much easier just because of the group that I was in so I mean that was very gushy gushy but <laughs> three, three days and you know yeah this is this is right I love that I love that yeah and I do I said it made my family make so much more sense because my family's so mad so welcoming so lovely but yeah. genuinely crazy from the outside and I got to camp and I was like oh maybe maybe my family makes a bit more sense because everybody kind of seems a little bit like them yeah. <laughs> Love that. Oh, that's good. And you did mention friend of the show, Jade. We've yes. had Jade on. We love Jade. She's oh, everyone loves Jade, don't they? <laughs> I, think, I think she's actually my little one's favourite because she has a fire engine. To be that fair, be that is a good bargaining chip, isn't it? <laughs> that's a very valid point. But like, I don't. She doesn't have the fire. She doesn't own the fire engine. But okay. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. If that makes it easier for you, then it's all good. Um, <laughs> How excited are you for the new WXV tournament that begins oh, in gosh. October? It's incredible, isn't it? I think it's a fantastic platform that the women's game is brought in just for the development of everybody in terms mm -hmm. of every nation. Um, because it's, it's a standalone, isn't it? The men don't have it. And I think it's, it's a great opportunity for so many countries to come up very quickly. Um, I mean, it's it's brilliant for us, the fact that we get more opportunities and more games against a bigger mix of countries. But the fact that it's seeded as well means that hopefully it's it's difficult when you're playing in games like with, with our games against England and France, for example, you know which way it's going to go. Um, and it's it's hard to understand that every single move that you make in a game can make a difference to that outcome. Whilst when you have the really, really competitive games, that really encourages that mindset. And I think that's something that I really saw in the girls this year in the Six Nations. And it was fantastic to see. And it's brilliant in terms of that week by week training 
but in terms of that just development month by month year by year having those competitive games and being able to say actually every single thing that we do in this game is going to be able to change that outcome everything that someone coming off the bench can do can change that outcome everything that you do as a player if you work that extra one percent can make that difference to get that extra point you know when they're a lot closer games and I think it's fantastic playing in such competitive games like that because that's what you thrive for you know you can have a fantastic game where it's 18 nil, and you know you've you've had a fun day on the park but it's still never going to give you as big a buzz as when you win by two points yeah. in a brilliant game of rugby no I agree I, I loved every word you said there like I love, how <laughs> I love how passionate you are about it and oh it just it when somebody's passionate about something, you feel that passion, and then it's. Yeah. Oh, it just makes, makes you want to play, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. It really does. Yeah. We've got. I've got a question from my other co-host Cam. He's asked anything you would propose to push the women's game further, quicker. Anything that I would propose to push it further quicker. See, it's a it's a difficult one because. I know there's lots of things that are coming into the game this year. So first of all, playing um, in England in the Premiership 15s, a lot of my views of pushing the game forward will be centred around that league. Um, And so, of course, them pumping in a lot more money, making the salary cap a little bit higher. That is a big thing for me because it's always been that argument of the chicken and the egg, hasn't it? It's uh, do you get more spectators first before you can make some money to put that into the game, which then you can put into the players? Or do you put the money into the players, which will bring up the game, which brings in more spectators? And it it is that argument. Um, But I've personally, 100%, I always see, I like that the clubs are now aligning a lot more to mirror the men's premiership in terms of, that's, that's a good way of getting some more money in without having to spend as much. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just being able to, to flood that little bit more investment in so that, I mean, we see the difference with England, France and New Zealand, you know, the teams that became professional first. The massive difference is depth, and that's because they can afford to bring more people into camps. They can afford to have more people who can give up that day job and be able to put more hours into training. And, I mean, it would it would prove the whole idea of professional sport wrong if they weren't at the top of the league in terms of international games. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's being able to bring the other countries up with that. That's just going to make each country better, which means that every country has to innovate that bit more. And it's that constant movement upwards, which is just going to bring the game up. And you already see it in terms of the, the TikTok this year, the spectators, all the media around it, women's sport is going up. And it's the same with the Euros, with the women's football, you know. It's spectatorship. I mean, Arsenal the other week having a sold-out match when 10 years ago they had, like, 100 people at a game. It's The differences are huge. And it's it's just snowballing at the moment. And so that would be my idea in terms of what would help it get that extra step a little bit quicker and it's just trying to speed up that process of where the investment gets to because that that's where the change comes it's it's all about practice it's all about repetition being able to concentrate your mind on one thing 
it makes a mountain of difference and you're seeing it with teams coming up mm. um i mean wales was then the next next country with that and you, you see the differences in each of the countries and it's just it's undeniable that being able to be full-time in this sport makes such a difference just mentally and physically and then it just shows on the field 100 percent. see what i mean you just you i could tell you you know how to speak to people because you're answering <laughs> spot on because i give you a story every time you ask me one question <laughs> it's a real answer though. that's what i like this is why i don't not just with you any guests we have previous any guests we have going forward i don't tell you what i'm asking mm-hmm. you don't get you don't get a brief three days before somebody's asked we've had a few people that have like what are you going to ask me and i was like well i'm not telling you and then they're not interested i'm like no because then you know how to answer it i don't want that i want to ask you a question i want your oh that's a, like oh that's a good one or mm, mm. let me think i want the real I, I want your real reaction and i could tell yeah. this is what i'm doing so this is what i love no prepped answers <laughs> plus people can tell if it's prepped true tell, very true yeah you can tell what a pr answer is yeah you've not given any yet you're doing good oh thank you thank you i was waiting for you to say that <laughs> no but like i said i remember saying last year before the contracts came in like these girls need paid yeah and like anything online you do get some idiots shall we say <laughs> and they're like oh yeah but pumping money in won't bring success i was like have you watched any sport ever you put money in it it will get it's not going to happen instantly that's that's not yeah. an instant fix i was like but yeah. if you start paying them and giving more money and pumping in like to show that you're invested the players are then invested which means they want mm-hmm. to do and i'm like i i think i actually replied to that they were like but more money doesn't mean success i was like yes it does yeah football football is the best example for that yeah I mean, it's, it makes yeah. a massive difference. And, you know, people people will turn up to games. We had the game changer last weekend for Harlequins. Yeah. And that's where we always try and push for our biggest crowd. And that's because we always put money in behind the event. You know, yeah. we always buy extra flags. We always make sure that there are um, events and games and things going on around the stadium. And it always pushes for the bigger crowd. But we always then make sure that's the game that we play really well. They always pick a really good game. So that everybody yeah. comes and they enjoy that rugby game as well. And with more money, people play better and spectators are going to come and watch and then they're going to come again yeah. and they'll bring another person and then they'll come again and they'll bring another person. And it just, it spirals. And it's this, <laughs> I mean, it's everybody's entitled to their opinion and, and don't get me wrong. It's, it's not necessarily um, shown within one week or two weeks having that money plugged in, but I mean, it's shown in every area of business. It's shown in every area of economics and every area of sport. As soon as you put money into something, you can afford more time to something and it always improves. That's where charities come from. It's, it's where cancer research comes from when they need money. Like it's in literally every area of our life. It's, it makes a huge difference. I'm just saying from a selfish point of view, there's no money in this podcast so, so far, but wait till there's money in it. Because we've, I mean, just look at the guests we've had. Just, that's all I'm saying. Exactly. So then we start saying, if we put money into the podcast, imagine where it can go. Well, so the dream, I'm just going, I'm going off topic here, but it's just because this came to my mind. If mm-hmm. this show had money, yeah, 
this interview would be done like in a local coffee house face to face. This would not be done over Zoom. Yeah. It would be like in training camp in front of the stoop. It would be at the Orium where the where the Scotland team train. Stuff yeah. like that. I I want to be in that place with that person speaking to them. Well, exactly, because then how much more interaction do you have in terms of body position, body shape, body movements, everything? Exactly. And you can exactly. get like, you can have a nice drink and, and chat and proper chat and all that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'll i go make a drink. I'll save the money for this time. But you <laughs> <laughs> get what I mean? It's just uh, I like it to be real. This is, this is a very real conversation. Mm-hmm. But. It can be better, but we need money for that. I can't just drive right around the UK for nothing. <laughs> very true, very true. However, I'm enjoying it how it is. <laughs> that's good. That's, as long as you're enjoying it, if you're happy, yeah. I'm happy. That's the main thing. Um, what position do you actually prefer to play? Because I've tried to look it up. Okay. I've seen you play at 10, I've seen you play at centre, but it also says yeah. you can cover anywhere in the back line. So... Um... When I was at DMP, I played a lot more positions. I think when I was at DMP, it was more of a let's try and get the best players on the pitch, no matter which positions they're in. So I played a lot of 10, a lot of 12. I, I remember once at 13 <laughs> um, and then played a couple of times at 15. Um, I think the main thing with the back line is it depends on who you've got um, yeah. and what the skills are. So as a as a kicker running and distribution threat, I, I tend to cover the 10, 12, 15 options. Um, in terms of like having that pace, Ellie Kildun, I'm happy to let her have that as her skill. <laughs> That's not a friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think my favourite position, I would say, would be 12, or depending on who else is in the centres with me, maybe 13. Um I like being able to, to control the game but not have to be in charge of that game. I get a bit more yeah. sight from 12 than 10 um, and I can be involved a little bit more in those outer edges, which I quite enjoy. Um, oh, but I also love the defence at 12. love the okay. defence at 12. Okay. No, there is a reason I've asked because we ask all our guests this, just on their position. Yeah. So we'll put you, we'll put you inside centre for this. Okay. Who's your dream outside centre partner both past Ooh. and present. Both past and present. Okay. Well, pre- present, you. present. I would have to go with Langy, Langy Tuima. Um, of course. Yep. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> partner's code. <laughs> um, but she's a fantastic ball player. Um, and having two big centres really challenges an opposition's defence. Um, cool. both of us being kickers as well means that it slows them down, but. I mean, she's very good at giving space to other players, but I also find as well that if I can give her some space, honestly, what she can do is unreal. Mm. Um, and I've always felt very, very safe defending with her, which, um, to be perfectly honest, is like one of my biggest things as a centre. I would I would be watching back the footage over and over and over again if someone broke through the centres because, like, that's my pride point. You know, <laughs> you can't break that part. Um, I think past um dream 13 cent so i think someone who i've always enjoyed playing with at 13 was lisa thompson uh we played at dmp 
and so I always played at 12 and she always played at 13 I know that she's come a lot more into 12 especially with having Emma Orr come in because you know Emma Orr's brilliant why <laughs> you want to have her on the pitch yeah. um I always loved playing with Tomo I think how and again this is going back to DMP so I know that we've both developed a lot as players since then but when I played with her there I think she very much played in a similar game sense to me so whenever she went to kick it I would always know that she was going to kick it so in terms of being able to go through and collect that very very easy and I that there was a lot less communication that had to happen between us um and then I just again she's just a fantastic rugby player so <laughs> why would I not want to have her as my centre partner <laughs> oh great oh great I mean I've, I've thought of a back line just in my head there just more purely Scottish obviously for like for the WXV mm-hmm. say for them so <clears throat> Mary McDonald at scrum half right Helen Nelson at 10 mm-hmm. obviously I'm putting you at 12 thank you I'm not being favourite. I'm I'm very nice. <laughs> You're a guest, so I have to give you the credit as well. No, no, we'll pretend it's favourite. <laughs> favourite, yeah, well, yeah, go for it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yourself at twelve, uh-huh. Lisa Thompson at thirteen, Francesca McGee on the left wing. I'm drafting in Rona Lloyd on the right wing, uh-huh. and I'm got Boy Rolly at fullback. Okay. Give me that. <laughs> That would be a that would be a fun squad, wouldn't it? <laughs> you, you could have you could have Meryl and Emma Orr off the bench, or even Shona Campbell if she was back. Yeah, that sounds like a good backline, doesn't it? <laughs> and, oh, and Katie Martinson as well off the bench. Yeah, I'm that good. Sounds like a good team, doesn't it? <laughs> I need them. I'd rather off them. That would be a good WX15 debut, but, wouldn't but it? The more, but the more I'm think, thinking about it, I'm just like. Oh no, I need I need that as my backline. That's because mm. it, it covers. Ex- do you know what? Everything. It's exciting because even like mentioning those three extra players on the bench as well, the combinations that we have going forward, having everybody available, honestly, and being able to have those extra games that we have in terms of the tests before the WXB and then having the WXB. Have you got tests before the WXB? Uh, I don't know. I imagine you know some warm ups. Oh, I'd, oh, you. You hiding something? I don't know. I've not been. Oh no, anything. I'm not hiding anything. I just it's kind of a uh, regular thing. But you know, I mean, it's rugby. We always get given a schedule like the week before. So. <laughs> I mean, if there's a home game, I'll be there. I'm always there. Ah, oh, there we go. I think, I think you signed my top actually. So thank you for that. I think I caught oh, you. You're welcome. <laughs> so I think I caught, I caught you at the end. I think I was too busy. And oh no, you gave your cap to somebody, and then you're like, don't run away with it. Oh gosh, that. yeah. Oh, that was it. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't. He, he took, a, took a picture and then gave you. Yeah, no, he did give it back. I would have had to send someone running after him because I wasn't going to run. <laughs> I was tired at that point. Very far, to be honest. I backed someone there to have known how to rugby tackle. <laughs> Quite a few people, and it's all common. Exactly. I've got. I've got to, well, there's very similar questions, but they're from teammates of yours. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'd like you to, I'm going to say them because they're, they're pretty much the same question, but they're written differently. Okay. And I'll get you to guess who's, who said them both. Okay. Well, how many braids 
do you wear on game day? Oh my goodness. Of course, that's and, one of the questions that was asked. <laughs> and how many braids is the perfect amount? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? You've asked me to guess who would ask this. It could have been any member of the squad. I've been absolutely rinsed for this. On, on the first game, the England debut, um, mm -hmm. we had a platter come in and I'd forgotten to write my name on the board for for multiple slots but also I say forgotten I didn't get warned that if it was going to take a while I needed to book in for multiple slots so I had my name on there and um I was <laughs> I was talking to the lady and we were just trying to you know have a feel for what we should do hair wise and I usually myself when I plait my hair I will do three and then I always get someone else to do one up the back and my hair was a bit shorter because I'd had a haircut. Everybody says, get your hair done before you have the Six Nations because you won't have any time during. So I had my hair cut. And so it was a little bit shorter, which meant that I needed some more plaits to hold it up. <laughs> and so I ended up, oh, how many did I have? I'd, I had five across the top. And I had two up the back. So I had seven. Oh <laughs> and I got absolutely rinsed because poor Libby was really stressed because all the timings changed for the plaiting. And I felt so bad because I was like, oh my goodness, this is my first game. Everybody's going to hate me for messing up all of these times. <laughs> I felt so bad. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. Everything got handled. Libby saved That's us. Fine. Um, That's all good. <laughs> so no one's late for the game it's all right we were safe um but every week after that I was slowly taking off my numbers of plats <laughs> and I was trying to do as many of them on my own as I could um so I I think the perfect amount <laughs> is I went for three across the top and my hair's long enough now that I don't need to have one up up the back okay, so I've now settled at a solid reasonable three <laughs> so the question is who who gave me that information oh my goodness do you know it, it it was mentioned so many times during camp it could have honestly been any i would guess one of the rachels at nope. least and maybe nope. a jade none of them nope. none of them oh my goodness someone else outed me both forwards i'll give you that clue they are both forwards <laughs> Um, see the issue is is that I got told off for this by, by everybody so who who would have picked me I would have guessed do you know what Lou could have put it forward Louise nope. Nope. oh my goodness <laughs> I honestly could go through the entire team every single person is a possible I'll go. I'll, I'll let you get one more, and then I'll tell you who. The, <laughs> Give who me one more. Uh, Lay. Oh, yeah. Leia Bartlett. Yeah. No. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Okay. Can you give me a clue? They're both front row. They're both front row. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I had to think about that one there. Because I was like, one's definitely a front row, and then one, I'm like, is she? Yes, yeah, she is. But yeah, she <laughs> has. She didn't. One of them didn't play. At all. At all. But she was in camp. Didn't play at all, but was in camp. Ellis. Ellis, Ellis Martin asked how many braids is a perfect amount yet. Yeah. Oh, that does sound like her wording as well. I should have guessed that. I should have guessed that. 
and how many breads you were on game day <laughs> is uh, Lana Skeldon. Oh, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> Another friend of the show. <laughs> They're going to be getting texts off this. I love that. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to move on to getting to know you as a person. Oh, so that was all me, professional player. That was, that was all professional players, that, and your career, yeah. And now it's all just you as a person, not the rugby player or the data engineer. Okay, all right. Me as a person. So, cats or dogs? Dogs. Easy. I'm, I'm still waiting easy for Easy answer. Some... I like you. You're weaning me in. It's nice. It's nice. I'm leaving you in. Nice and easy. There's always, exactly. a bit that, there's always a bit that ruins friendships on this show, but we're not there yet. You're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite film? A Knight's Tale. Ooh, okay. Mm. The, Heath Ledger, the Heath Ledger film? Yeah, I'm a big fan. And the, the very young Paul Bettany? Yeah, very young. Very it's weird. funny how many young actors are in that, actually. True, yeah. So yeah. If, if there was a film about you... About me. Who would play Beth Blackcock in the film? <laughs> Do they have to be an actor or an actress? Um, yeah, I think I don't yeah. know. I, don't, I, I, don't just, know I mean, you... I was going to question. Like, I've got a twin, so that would be a very easy. <laughs> that's a, no, no, that's, that's a cheat. That's, a, that's cheating. That's cheating. Thing. Okay. That's a big um, Okay. Uh, see, this depends on where I'm going to let my computer go, doesn't it? <laughs> go, go for it. You're the guest. Um, if you let the ego go, or you could be very modest and down to earth. It's up to you. Or you can find a neutral ground. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I would love for like a maybe a a Jennifer Lawrence or something. Hmm. Yeah, 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 but that's a hard one to answer. I don't really have any celebrities that I look like. So. I've got one. Just uh, might just really? be the way it might just be the way the lights hitting you now. But maybe is it Charlize Theron? I'll take that. I'll take yeah, that. <laughs> Maybe I should cut my hair. Well, get, more, get more braids. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think braids are going to now be tainted in my life forever. <laughs> going to be on your, like, gravestone and everything. <laughs> How many braids are too many? Buried, in, buried <laughs> with main braids. There you go. <laughs> um, is there anything you're currently binge watching on Netflix or Amazon or? Um, I'm currently, and actually I, I was the whole way through Six Nations and there's eight seasons of it, which is why I'm still on it. I'm, I'm binge watching House. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. To so it's, yeah well, so I, I watched it when <laughs> I was younger um, and started re-watching it. I love Hugh Laurie. Hmm. Um, I think he's a very talented man and I love him. And I've gotten to the season where Olivia Wilde's in there, so I'm my interest is being kept. <laughs> okay. I've never seen House. I've seen like clips of it, but I've never. It's very good. It. It's very good, depending on your mindset of the day. Um, you know, like there is maybe a little bit too much blood in there if you're going to watch it during dinner. Um, it's oh, not the most realistic, but if you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, then that doesn't really matter. Um, but Grey's it's, Grey's it's... Oh really? I. Wait, uh, how far into Grey's are you? So, I actually, I only got to season three because I was watching it and my mum came in and mm. 
we're so we're on holiday and she came in she she was watching she went oh he's still alive pointing at my favorite character and I'm not going to give the spoiler as to who it was but but she said um that he was still alive and I didn't talk to her for like a solid 15-20 minutes which is very big for me and I was heartbroken and I haven't been able to turn it on since so me and my me and my partner started watching it together and bit by bit there were mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, I had I think I had three characters. I was like, yeah, love yeah. them. They're all dead. Honestly, see that's why like, I've stopped because technically my favorite character is still alive. In your mind, yes, but exactly. I, I have a funny feeling it's the same character and it's gonna break your heart. <laughs> no, I I refuse to continue watching. Because <laughs> there was a bit, I think I missed them. No. So I've now like done watch it. My partner still watches it. Right. And she's like, oh, are you watching this? No, not, I don't care anymore. They've killed everyone off I cared about. So it's pointless. There's only too many times it can break my heart and then I just can't continue. <laughs> I think it's because there was two that was in like very quick succession. I was just like, oh, what is this? You get over the heartbreak and then it just happens again. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. mind if it was like one died in like season four and then one died in season nine, but it was like, Six, seven, eight. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's just cruel, isn't it? It's cruel. Yes, that's brutal. But oh well. House is a good suggestion. I'll give that a go. There you go. <laughs> Favorite song or music genre? Um favorite song. I always grew up. This is a difficult one. So I always grew up with 500 miles um Classic. yeah my granddad's ringtone came on everywhere um and was always the go-to karaoke song you know so it's the one that I know every single word to <laughs> and so that was always growing up absolutely loved that one or I absolutely I, I love Paolo Nutini um so Pencil Full of Lead is a great song. <laughs> that's a very good, that's a yeah, very good, very good song. And it just cheers me up no matter what mood I'm in. Um, but I'd say my favourite genre, I range a lot, you know, like I I grew up, like my first ever concert was Busted and my second ACDC, you know. <laughs> there there was just like a, a big range in terms of music in my family, uh, you know. And so I'd say my favourite genre According to Spotify, it's like hip hop jungle or something, but I would not, for the life oh, of me, be able to tell you what that is. What is that? Yeah, it's, you know, at the end of the year and it gives you a sum up of yeah. your year. I got told hip hop jungle. Or, um, so I, I wouldn't know what my favorite genre is other than maybe specifying that I'm a fan of, I'm good with R&B, but, I also like a little bit of rock, so that's fair. I, yeah, my, mine's is a bit more weird than that. What's yours? I, so, I've got, <laughs> so I have a, I have made a playlist on Spotify called "Seen It Live." Okay. For every concert slash festival, I've I've seen this per, uh, performance. Yeah. And it ranges from like the Proclaimers to Stormzy to Biffy Clyro to. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm gonna see Shania Twain at the end of the year. Interesting range, but very weird. Every single one of those concerts. Oh, thank they you. must have been brilliant. And Queen, well, with Adam Lambert, but yeah, still counts, still Queen. Fab. Yeah, it's very, it's a very weird range, 
Yeah, they sound like some great nights out though. It's also mental when you shuffle the playlist because it just it takes you in different ways. And I'm like, <laughs> my brain at its finest. <laughs> You'd have I to listen see- to it on a day where you're very good at maybe adapting to lots of different moods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's there's some like heavy. I am. I always say I'm a big rock or like indie guy mostly, mm-hmm. but then like. Storms it comes on, and he's definitely not any of that. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> what is going on here? And like, I like, I'm starting to like country music now, and I don't even know. Oh, do you know what? I've gone into country music recently. Oh, my, my, my sister's not very good at knowing artists and songs, so I always have to make the playlist for her. And so I recently had to make a country music one, and I absolutely loved it. It was great fun um, making it. I, I, I'm going to uh, to see her in the summer. So she lives in Toronto and um, I'm going to go and see her in the summer. And she has got up a, a favourite country club that we're going to go to. Um, and she and I, Twain, she wants us to go and see her live. And so she's got some country things in play. I remember I was, I was talking to her about um, what we we're going to do at a pub. And she said, would you rather go to somewhere that is sitting down or would you rather go to one that's got a bucking bronco <laughs> i don't even know that yeah in the middle of toronto <laughs> a pub that's got a bucking bronco so we know the answer to this definitely the bronco <laughs> yeah i'm intrigued i'm what can i come ah oh, get the yeah. flight always yeah. welcome <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued now there has to be videos you have to put videos on I'll, t- I'll make sure there's a video taken but depending on how long I last on the bull I might put up the video of someone else <laughs> hold it how you're meant to just lie on it and hold its neck yeah just koala it yeah mm. exactly and if, if it depends on how big the machine is you could maybe wrap your legs around it as well and just like proper cling on yeah not getting me off the thing <laughs> It's all about tactics. It's not about having the most fun. It's plain tactical. No, it's tactic and mental strength. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fair, I mean, to anyone that could lean back and like, well, hey, fair play. <laughs> yeah, you won't see any of that from me. <laughs> I'll just fall straight off the back before he even starts moving if I did that. <laughs> same. Yeah, same. <laughs> I have the agility of a bill. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite style of food? Now, this is where it all goes downhill every mm. time I've asked. <laughs> I love this question. A lot of people always answer Italian. Um, mm. But I, I think I would be... Eastern European is always what I, I say. So I, I love the whole um, chicken kebabs. You know, you get your different types of salads. You get, like, your couscouses. You get yeah. hummus, pitas. You know, no. so... I, f- I feel like it's a good mezzo mix and that fits in terms of lots of different types of foods with lots of barbecues or if you want to have wraps, things like yeah. that. Um, that's yeah. a good answer. I like that. Thank that's you. A good Thank you. I, mm-hmm. I think about food a lot, so I, I had that answer prepped. Sorry, I didn't prepare a bit for that one. It's all good. No, the most re- recent one was like sushi and fish. And, uh, oh, really? I don't, I don't, Japanese. I, I, yeah, I don't like things out of the water. If it comes See, the, the thing water, is that I like fish and I do like sushi, but if I had to have just that one for the rest of my life, I don't think I'd be able to. 
it's fair. Whereas if you, the way you've picked, you've picked mm. tactical on that one. Yeah. Mm, I like that. I rate that. That's good. Next. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite pizza topping? Ooh, this one's tough. Please I <laughs> I I would always go for one that's got meat on it. Mm -hmm. But I do enjoy a vegetarian, so don't I do enjoy a vegetarian. And sometimes, depending on the pizza place, just going for a plain margarita is like the best move forward. But I would mm -hmm. always pick one that's got a meat on it otherwise. And there was one that I actually one that I loved and I I got it. It was at a restaurant in Durham that I always get it. And it was Parma ham, rocket, and balsamic glaze, and feta, and it was actually Ooh. it was so good. Yeah, that was kind of like that was a fancy pizza rather than a takeaway pizza. Yeah, fair enough. Takeaway pizza, I'd probably just go classic with like some pepperoni or a chicken one or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good choices. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh no, I'm not a pineapple on pizza person. Really. Yeah, really? Is that not a common it's answer? It's very common that everyone says, yeah, it does belong on pizza on this show. Oh, what savages. Why would you do that? Have well, a pineapple I'm, after for dessert. I'm going to make it worse because been, we've been very lucky to interview a lot of Kiwis and Aussies. Right. They put pineapple on their burgers. What? Like a pineapple ring. Yeah. But good, good. It's fried your head as well, because yeah, I'm not having yeah. a sweet burger. I'm, I'm having my burger and then a sweet thing after. <laughs> Very like, my sister likes pineapple and pizza as well. And if we ever share, I say no. You can get it on your half, but ask me for the other half without. Not all over. No, I agree with that. That's fair. Yeah, but no, uh, pineapple ring. Like you can grill it. Apparently, apparently that makes it better if you grill it. But no. You know, okay, well, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I technically haven't tried it yet, so I'll try not to judge. Slash, oh, I'm going to start afresh because I've already just judged. So now, now I'm judgment-free. <laughs> I heavily judge. <laughs> I'll give judgy. it a go before I give my opinion. I just have a feeling I know what mine's going to be. I'm more judgy on food, though. True, you, true. You can listen to whatever music, watch whatever films you're into. But when it comes down to food, I'm very like, mm, really? really? <laughs> I feel like food, I back my opinion more to be fact. <laughs> and it's just a wrong or a right. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm, I'm like that. <laughs> like my parents will be like, are you sure? And I'm like, don't, don't question me on this. <laughs> just trust me. <laughs> I like that. Um, what is your post... Or your go-to post-match drink? I don't mean Powerade or protein shakes. <laughs> Big win, out on the town. My go-to post-match drink, I'm a gin drinker. Ooh. Yeah, Anybody? I do love a glass of gin. I used to work in a gin bar when I was at university, so I'm good with my gin. Nice. Well, any yeah. specific gin at all? or Depends on the mood. Okay. Um, but I love... I love an old Tom's, which is, so it's, oh gosh, am I, I'm, I'm deciding on whether I go into how it's made or not, <laughs> but it's, it's basically, it's like a London dry, apart from it's got a slightly sweeter taste without it being sweet, if that makes sense. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. what you're saying, yeah. When it's distilled, they add 
a teaspoon of sugar so it changes the way that it tastes but it's mm-hmm. still got a dry taste so it's still not a sweet gin nah, okay okay any flavored gin do you like or oh i mean i love all gin <laughs> Um, but I know a favorite one in my house at the moment um one of my housemates her favorite is grapefruit gin I think grapefruit gin especially the mouthy the mouthy I'll drink anything I'm quite easy on a night out yeah if you give me gin I'm not turning it away you know (laughs) I'm I'm the person that like if you hand me your glass of gin like well you need to like take a phone call or go to the toilet and Mm. I hold this the drink is gone by the time you come back. Yeah, everybody needs to be fair. If anybody gives me any of their drink, they have to be aware. And I do try and say it so that they're not shocked when they come back. But there is a Beth tax. Yeah, yeah, Beth, Murray, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just economic, isn't it? I'll take the first sip. If it's poisonous, I've taken the risk. There you go. Exactly. I'm just treating them like royalty. Yeah. (laughs) Just make sure it's okay for you, dear. It's fine, but yeah. Exactly. Just caring for people. That's what we're doing. I I think I actually did that once. I'm just seeing if it's all right for you. Took a big swig of it. It was lovely. And I went, just buy her another one, thanks. And I walked away. (laughs) I was married. Love that. But to be fair, though, at least you got the other one. (laughs) You could have just drank it and gave the glass back. Oh, that's that's too sweet. That's 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 too nice. There you go. Screw yourself another one. It's fine. It is dangerous when they're sweet, though. That's the only thing. They go down far too quick. My issue is, and this might make me sound like I have a problem. I don't. But (laughs) to clear things up, (laughs) just to clarify, I don't have a problem. All good. (laughs) (laughs) I can't taste the alcohol sometimes like i'll drink and just like hmm that's went down like fruit juice Mm. see that's the thing that's why i do pick gin on the nights out because we used to have about 110 different types of gin with a turnover of about 20 every every month so we had to try them all and know them with all the different tonics and so i i can drink gin without having that you know when you down a vodka shot or a tequila shot you get that little bit of a burn I don't get that with gin so I'm the same as you in that if someone was to ask me to try some straight gin I would try it and be able to taste what the flavor is I wouldn't taste the gin if that makes sense yeah Yeah, so I I think we're on the same wavelength here you get I don't know if we got like house measures just pour it in yeah (laughs) we put quite a lot in our drink Mm -hmm. and then like my mum or my partner would be like, try that. And I'll have a big swig of it. I'm like, have you put anything in that? <laughs> and they're like, you're joking, right? I'm like, I can't taste anything. Maybe I might be ill. I don't know. I was like, I was like, I can taste like the fruit. Like if it's like a raspberry gin, I could taste the raspberry. Yeah. I can't taste the gin part, which means it's dangerous. It's a dangerous game to play, but it's fun. It's a dangerous game when you've got a party. Mm. you've got a drinking game for example you know on topic Eurovision last week if you were to do a Eurovision drinking game and you were to make the gins with the home measurement that's not good <laughs> I mean we did didn't have a drinking game for Eurovision but we did just drink to watch Eurovision because that was a tough watch they kind of do have to come in together don't they yeah. kind of come married as a pair if you if you can watch Eurovision start to finish don't go sober and enjoy it 
get your head checked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That depends on the reasons that you're enjoying it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, the valid answer. enjoying it for how mad it is, then at least that is a bit of sanity. Mm. Oh, you've made me think about it now. Might have to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any hobbies away from rugby? Um, hobbies away from rugby. So, are we just clarifying as hobbies? Just anything that you do outside of it, basically. I like. Yeah, to, what do you consider as fun? What, what I like to do when I'm. Keeps your mind off things. We have a five-a-side football team. Um, okay. And my friends in London, um, which is great fun. We actually won our first game yesterday. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we aren't very good. <laughs> um, but that's always great fun because we kind of just do that and then they go for a drink afterwards. Um, and then we've now, so the season's finished for that. So we're now going to start playing some basketball. Um, but I think otherwise, like my main hobbies outside I would say probably painting. I do that a lot in my spare time. It's my way of switching off because it makes me think without having to think. So it, it makes me stop thinking about things outside. So I stop thinking about rugby. I don't think about work. Um, and I can just kind of concentrate on what I'm doing in front. And so it kind of, it, it helps me minimize my stress because I'm not a very stressful person. So when I do get stressed, I don't really know what to do with it. <laughs> And so that's when I get my paintbrush out. That's good. I like that. That's yeah. Quite cool. Until hmm. you start painting like rugby balls on a jag, then you're not thinking about work. You're all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would be told off if I painted a rugby ball in a Jaguar. Well, not on that. Not on an actual jag. Like you paint the jag on a bit of paper or a canvas. Right, and you draw okay. it I was going to say, because I also don't have a Jaguar. So whoever's Jaguar I'm painting, they're going to be very mad at me. <laughs> No, I didn't mean a physical. I didn't mean a physical. <laughs> I, I apologise for that. Yeah, no, I haven't started painting jaguars yet. That's fine. That's that's a good thing. I mean, you're you're not <laughs> not thinking about work when you're painting. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? Um, I have three tattoos. Okay. So, I've got one that's of three maple leaves on my right shoulder which I got just before I went away to university so me oh. and my sister decided to go and get tattoos together and I always wanted maple leaves my dad is Canadian oh, and right. there's me my sister and my brother and three is my favorite number um and I figured that was the easiest pattern to make something of with the maple leaves That's so cool. um, yeah so I've got that on my on my right shoulder mm-hmm. then I've got a sunflower that's on my sternum, which is a sunflower that I drew because it's my favorite flower. And I was just thinking about it one day and thought, actually, that would be kind of cool if I had it as a tattoo. And then me and my friends were just kind of messing about with what we do with it. And so I went and got it done. <laughs> Cause yeah. um, like my main thing is that it goes somewhere on my body where I can hide it if I was to go to work or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so funny enough I don't show my sternum to strangers so (laughs) that one's fine and hidden um and then my other one is a thistle on the inside of my left ankle which actually I got a year and a half ago matching with my auntie oh that's cool 
it's good yeah would you would you yeah, get any more um i'm never against getting them i think i would my main thing is is that i just make sure that i really really want it before i get it because mm. it's on your body for the rest of your life <laughs> um yeah. so i i think if i was ever set on another tattoo then 100 i get it um you know it's very easy going it's my body it's it yeah. doesn't really matter if someone else doesn't like it so i'm of that opinion as long as i i like it then yeah 100 i'd get another one um okay. my friend and i actually nearly did the other week <laughs> uh, we were kind of we both just we went into london before one of our five side games and we were just kind of messing about with just drawing random things on paper and then she said so if you went and got a tattoo right now what would you get and um i drew i kept my i drew the number two three four because that's my thistle number and then when i started writing my number four i kept my pen on the paper and i used one line to draw a stem and went in to make a thistle um oh, and so oh. i said that if i was to go and get one right now this is what i get and it was quite cool and to be fair i genuinely think i would have gotten it there and then and i haven't put the idea out of my head yet i think i've just got to now decide where it would go that's the one thing i like that no that's cool I like that. yeah I love, <laughs> the only reason i ask about is because i have sex and i love talking about ah, tattoos. so what are yours so i have i have like a lion eyes on my forearm oh cool yeah I have the Mjolnir hammer, Thor's hammer, on nice. the inside of my calf. I have. Do you lift it up every day? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't know if it's the wrong way around now. I'm thinking about it now. As long as it's <laughs> on the floor, you've lifted it. It's off the floor. I'm forever lifting it. I'm oh, forever exactly. worthy. <laughs> forever worthy. I have a really shit tiger on my calf. Okay. I got, I'll take your word I got for it. yeah, no, it's wrong. Like the one of the teeth is a literal triangle. That's how bad it is. Right. I have um on my other calf, like like a like a scratch. Oh, but okay. instead of like muscle, bone, or blood, it's a Scotland flag. Oh fun. Um cool. I have too weird to live, too rare to die in my forearm. And my biceps, sorry. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is a double me then, because I just like the phrase, and that's how I see myself with my mates. Like, oh, you're weird. I'm like, yeah, but you'd be you'd be lost without me. <laughs> and it's but it's also an album from one of my favorite bands from Panic at the Disco. So. Oh fab! I hadn't even made that connection. Near to that, I was. Right, yeah. It was actually one of my friend's ex partners. Like I was saying it like I was just like kind of like chilling like that, mm -hmm. and she went, "Is that a Panic at the Disco tattoo?" I was like, "What? No, like, what are you on about?" And I read it and I went, "Oh shit, yeah, uh, kind of, yeah, must be." There you go. <laughs> we find meaning in everything every day. <laughs> and then I've got one right on the back of my neck as well. I've got the, well, I thought it's a Chinese symbol for courage. Mm -hmm. The jury's out on that one. I don't know. It might be courage. It might be soup. I don't know. There's a, there was a joke. It's been a running joke for years that, like, because my name's Murray, it's like my, it's my order on a Chinese takeout. That's what it is. In the <laughs> There's a curry or something, and I'm like, no, I did, I did research it. 
and then there was like a joke on TV. They're like, why have you got soup tattooed on you? And like, it's not soup, it's Chinese for courage. And I'm like, oh God, that's the symbol I meant to have. It's courage. Is it soup? I don't know. <laughs> I like how they've started saying this enough that you're now doubting yourself. <laughs> you, can, you can chuck anything at me enough times that I will start being like, hmm, probably. It's hard not to, it's hard not to. It is, and I've got like a little quote under it, but it doesn't mean anything now. It's a bit naff. Okay. But <laughs> I'm always looking to get other ones. Cool. Probably, probably my little boy's date of birth as well. Okay. I need to get that one done. That'd be nice. Probably just right there. But yeah, it's one of those things is trying to find where you put it, isn't it? I I don't quite like. There's a lot of places I, I would get tattooed, and there's a few I won't. So it's more just getting the, the funds for it and trying to figure yeah. out. Well, I think mine's also like sometimes I really like places for tattoos, but mm. then I'm thinking actually in certain situations I wouldn't be able to cover that up. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to have it. And so that's the point where I go, okay, maybe I won't get one there. See, I would never do like this part of my neck because absolutely not. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Or on the face. <laughs> of course. I'm not one I'm not like one of those rappers or that that have died trying on my cheek or something. I don't know. Oh. Some shit, something like that. <laughs> no, I think my mum would kill me if I got a tattoo on my face. <laughs> I don't think I'd even get out of the studio. I think it'd be like one drop on the face and then done, finished. <laughs> <laughs> um fi- final question for you today, Beth one thing you'd like to be remembered for one thing i'd like to be remembered for you know i always used to when like growing up i always wanted to be famous and i always wanted to be someone who you looked at in history okay and i think as i've gotten older i a haven't become a politician Um, and B, haven't become a famous artist or film actor or anything. Mm-hmm. But I see, I've now understood the importance of the relationships that you make with people. And so I think one thing that I would always, always want to be remembered for is I always strive to make sure that every day, the first thing I try and make sure I don't do is make someone's day worse. Mm. But if there's ever anything that I can do to make someone's day better, I would do it. And I don't mean that in terms of doing really silly things like driving an extra 40 miles to go pick someone up to drive back 60 kind of thing. Mm. I mean it in the sense of someone looks sad in the tube, making eye contact and smiling. Like, I know how much that makes a difference to my day. And so I think, A, to strangers, just to try and make sure that their day's a little bit better. But for the people who are in in my life, if there's anything that I can do to make sure that their day isn't any worse, I'll always try and do that. So I think it's, I've now understood that it's more important to the people who I love in my life what I'm remembered for with them. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's, that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very good. 
Well, <laughs> really, I, I didn't know how to answer that one. I was like, oh, I was really like, that. <laughs> being the sort of, because if, if you knew about that, you'd have it written down. Yeah, I would have thought of it something. I would have come up with a great speech in a dream. Hey. <laughs> that's, but that's why I like the natural conversation. It's real. It, it caught you off guard. It's made you think. Mm -hmm. And you get your real answer as well. Yeah, I now know what my answer is. Yeah. There you go. So happy days. But the book is now closed because you've absolutely smashed this. And I cannot thank you enough for agreeing to come on and, and chat. Okay, <laughs> no, no worries at all. I had a good time. Thank you for yeah, having me again. I'm glad. Yeah. You're welcome anytime. And you. next time you're up in camp, if you three days off, we'll get a gin or three. Oh, five, that or sounds great. Depending 20. on the day of the week, I might get told off if we've got training the next day. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I don't want anyone to but If there's off time, get a gin or... Definitely, sounds good. Coffee or, I don't know. Coffee's a big thing in rugby now. It's not my thing. We can thing. do a tasting. A blind tasting, that'd be fun. Oh, and it's in Edinburgh. Edinburgh does a lot of stuff like that. There's a distillery exactly. retro. Like, it's retro from the train station as well. There's a dangerous... Exactly. This sounds like it's a plan. I'm, I'm game. Off-season. Could do it in off-season if need be. Easy. Yeah. But oh, could sort all that away from the pod. It's like plenty yeah. of time. <laughs> but thank you so much for agreeing to come on and chat. And you're welcome back anytime. Great. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Well, this has been the final whistle with Beth Blackhawk. And we'll see you next time.